series called My Crazy Family. I'm so pumped about uh, that today. I got to preach quick because I was too late last week and I owe you some time, right? So you can get to the restaurant at Hungry Horse before everybody else does. So I, I love this series. We're going to talk about, we're gonna talk about uh, uh, good families. And listen, either, either the holidays are exciting for you and you get to go home to mama's house or you're Get to go home to mama's house. <laughs> you get, I got, I got to go home to mama's house. I got everybody is somewhere in between that. Some of you are like, I kind of like my family, but I married these people because I like I like her family better. Than I do my family. You know what I'm saying? Or or I like his family better. Or, or to be honest, there are people here that don't have families around this time. I told our dream team this morning. You know, one of the reasons why we do a family series around this season is suicide rates are are at all time highs between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Because the fact of the matter is there's some stuff that happens in this season where, you, you know, some people you have to think about or, or be around or eat dinner with or, or, or just, you know, family dynamics that are so, so difficult that it's, it's, there's a lot of people in the room who you'll put on a smile and you'll talk about turkey, but, you, you know, it's, it's, just, it's a very, very difficult season. So I wanted to sort of give you some tools to have to dip through that. And, and the truth of the matter is everybody's kind of got a, a crazy family. You know, everybody's, listen, let me just, let me be real, right up front here. We're going to talk about real families this series. We're not going to talk about filtered families. You know what I'm talking about? We live in a filtered world. How many of you know what I'm talking about? We live in a filtered... I saw this meme the other day from Medea. How many of you like Medea? Raise your hands. Yep. yep. She said, stop editing your pigs. What if you go missing? How are we going to find you? She said, you look like Beyonce online and Smeagol in person. You know somebody like that, don't you? You may be married to somebody like that. Some of you single folks would be like, girl, I, this is who I, I thought I was going to go out with her. I don't know who you are, but this is the girl I tried to go out with. Uh, you may be her sister, but you ain't her. We filter everything through that. We filter our whole lives through that. Instagram and, and now, now even on Facebook, you can, you can filter. Listen, we're not going to filter anything. We're going to talk about real families. We're going to talk about what it really is. And, and, and we're going to talk about... Uh, real families from the Bible and sort of the real struggles that they have and the real families that you and, and I live in. We're going to talk about the ideal family. This is an introduction, so today's kind of, we set up. I don't want you to miss the next four weeks. are going to be dynamic, and we'll kind of dive into, you know, a little bit further. But today we're going to talk about the ideal family, and we're going to talk about everybody's family. You know, the truth of the matter is that you and I have been sold kind of a lie about what families should be. You know what I'm talking about? Like Disney and the Hallmark Channel. Any of you husbands, your wives make you watch Hallmark movies? Would you raise your hand? They have three actresses that work for Hallmark, and they star in every single show. Every, I, 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 literally, the other day I walked down, I was like, Brandy, we seen this. She goes, oh, no, this is brand new. I was like, no, baby, this ain't brand new. I promise you, I've seen this one. It's cheesy, just like all the rest of them was cheesy. These people can't get real jobs. You know what I'm saying? Like, they filmed this at Comfort, Texas. You know what I'm saying? Like, this, this, nobody, this ain't real. If you're from Comfort, that's okay. I'm, I'm not, it's just not Hollywood. Hallmark tells you it kind of ends this way, or Disney tells you it ends, it ends a certain way. And everybody kind of thinks they have, you know, the ideal when you get married. Not just an idea of marriage, but an ideal. You know, what it's supposed to be like. You know what I'm saying? Like, ladies, when you get married, you, you dream about the wedding. Come on, you dream about your wedding dress and the long train, and you wear white. Even though you shouldn't, you wear white. You got that long. I'm kidding. 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 I told you we're going to be real. And you, you, you dreamed about, you, you get bride magazines, anybody? Come on. You look through all the bride magazines. You think, man, I want, and you make your bridesmaids wear terrible dresses. And you think it's just going to be great. And then before you have kids, you start naming your kids. You remember that? You, you write down the names of all your kids. And 
that you never named. You told your best friend, and she had a kid first, and so she named her kids your name, and you're like, you know Finley's my name. You know that's my name, and you stole my name. We have this ideal of what it's going to look like. We're going to live in a big house and a white picket fence, and everything's going to be perfect. He's going to carry you across the threshold. Come on. Did that happen for anybody? Would you raise your hand? We didn't know what man to hate in here. Nobody, okay, <laughs> but women think that's what you do, you know, you're just going to carry me across. Men, we have a whole different ideal of what family's going to be like. Come on, we dream that we're going to have sex twice a day and three times on Sundays. Somebody say amen. That's ideal. That's what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about a man cave. You can plan whatever wedding you want. We can have white picket fence, but I need cold beverages and hot wings on Sunday when the saints play. Somebody say, who dat? It's the ideal. It's what we think is going to happen. And then you really, then you get married. Then you're married for a day or two. And, and, and how, how many of you are still dreaming? <laughs> like you're still thinking that's going. You're like, no, that none of that happened. Absolutely none. I don't even like the guy I'm married right now. I don't even... That's actually exactly what he expects out of me. That's, that, here's the thing. That's the worldly ideal. You know, they kind of sell you. That's what, that's what it's going to be like. That's what family's going to be like. But th- then there's the real, you know, uh, crux of what families are like. 50% of marriages end in divorce. And of the 50% that make it, uh, they're, they're miserable. Many of them are just are, are not are not healthy, and 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 if you're not careful, you sort you know you'll get down, and you'll start thinking, man, is it possible to have a good family? Is it possible for things to go well? Is it possible for me to really marry the right guy, marry the right girl, have good kids? Is it possible for our family? Let me just at the very beginning, let me emphatically tell you, yes, it's possible for you to have a great marriage. Not only is it possible, it's God's will that you and I have great families. It's God's will that we show the rest of the world how to have. A great family. However, it's not likely that it's going to happen if you do the thing that everybody else is doing. If you live like everybody else is living, if Dave Ramsey said, if you want to live like no one else, you got to live like no one else. Two people read Dave Ramsey. If you, if, come on, you're going to have to do something different. If you keep doing what everybody else does, your marriage is going to end up like them. Your, your kids are going to end up like them. Your relationships are going to go that way. So the next four weeks, I kind of want to talk to you about what it's like to live the kind of marriage, to fix the craziness in your marriage. And the, tr- the truth is, anybody can get married. So cra- Anybody can start a family. You know, to get a driver's license, you got to go take a test. you got to drive with somebody. you got you got to make, you know, all- to get a marriage license, you got to have $70, and that's it. You know what I'm saying? You just, they give you a license, and you go, and then you start building this family. And you look back 10 years from now, and you go, man... We have built some craziness. I don't like your family. You don't like my family. We don't like our kids. We don't like, we don't like each other half the time. And our family has gone crazy. And so for the next four weeks, we're going to talk about everyone. Listen, this series is for married people. It's for single people. It's for people who are single again. It's for divorced people. It's for widows and widowers. It's for people who want to get married. Come on, if, I, if, if you want to get married, this is the right uh, series. If you don't want to get married... There's a reason why this is the right series for you. You need to, you, you need to, everybody can, can be, you got kids, you don't have kids, you got blended families, his kids, her kids, their kids, these ain't even our kids. I wish these weren't my kids. 
Everybody's going to benefit from this series. I don't want you to think, man, this is, this is not for me. Everybody's got a family. Listen, so the, the truth is everybody comes from different places. You know, there are people in the room here who you come from, from broken families or divorced homes or you come from, you know, families with terrible, terrible, terrible sort of, you know, history and you're embarrassed to even tell. You didn't want to tell your spouse that, you know, this is the kind of family. You didn't want them to go home because you knew it was like this. One of my favorite, I shouldn't tell you this, one of my favorite movies, is it bad, Brandy? Shake your head yes or no. Four Christmas is too late. I already said it. It's my. I love Vince Vaughn. You don't. Tell, anybody else love Vince Vaughn? I'm a Vince Vaughn fan. Some of you are like, I don't want to go home because I know they're gonna call me Orlando. I know what it's gonna be like when I get there. And 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 you don't want to tell your spouse sort of what kind of family you come from. You don't want them to know. And th- there are people here who are between marriages. Some of you have adopted already, or you want to adopt. You will adopt. Or some of us are raising kids. Some of us are raising other people's you know kids. And not just not just sort of a blended family, but I mean you know your your nephews or nieces. There there are people in this room who you know the family sort of dynamics are what they are. And and you you know you brought into your family your sister's kids or your your brother's kids. And 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 you're just trying to make this family thing work. Some, some people in the room have family, you know, serving overseas. This is kind of a military town in San Antonio. And I can't imagine the stress on a marriage and a family and kids when, you know, one or both of the spouses are deployed. And, and you know, here you are trying to raise uh, a family together. And family dynamics are just crazy sometimes. And when, when we think about family, you know, it kind of gives us some emotions. Like if I were to say the word father to you, there, immediately, as soon as I say Father, everybody in the room has sort of this feeling that rises up in you. And it's either good or it's not so good. It's, it's either, man, I, I got a great dad or I, I just, I don't have a great, or I, I don't even know my dad or, or, or our dad left or, or, or say mother, you know, or, or maybe I want to be a dad and we can't have kids. And it's just when you say mother, you know, or when you say brother or when you say uncle or, man, there's some real pain associated with some of those. So when you're thinking about your family, it's more than just, you know, funny. There's, there's anger, there's frustration. Sometimes there's happiness that comes, you know, and you think, man, a good memory. So let, let me ask you, what, what do all of these families kind of have in common? You know, what, what, what are some things that we can sort of go, man, everybody, even though we come from different places, our family dynamics are totally different. And well, What do we all have in common? The truth is we don't have a lot in common. There's not much that, you know, you can't find two families that, that have, the, you know, the exact same story. But I have extrapolated a couple of things. I want you to take notes and write these down. A couple of things I think that uh, we do have in common that I think is important. Here's the first thing. When it comes to to the family you were born into, you didn't have a choice. All of us have that in common. That, that when the family we were born into, we, we didn't have a choice. You don't get to pick your parents or your family. Somebody say amen. Because you wouldn't have picked the ones you're in. You, you, matter of fact, usually in middle school, you start wishing that you were not in your family and you're in your friend's family. Anybody ever felt that way? You remember middle school, they, your, your friends down the road, they, their parents were the coolest. Their mom lets her stay up late. Their dad, you know, he's cool. He, he, he has tattoos asleep and he lets them play video games and, and, and they got good snacks. Come on, they eat Hostess cupcakes for dinner. Come on, they stay up late. They eat Twinkies. Mama, you don't even love me like they love me. I don't even I hate this house. I wish I lived down the road. And you start thinking, man, I wish that family was my family. The truth is you didn't get to pick the family you were born into. You ever gone to your family reunion? Just look straight ahead because some of y'all are going out with your family after church. (laughs) You ever gone to your family reunion and just looked around and thought, how in the world am I? I know I'm adopted. I don't even look like you people. Who are you people? What, what am I doing here? You, you don't get to pick the family. Here's the second thing I know uh, that, that everybody has in common. Is you're, you're, you are not as 
dumb as everybody else in your family. You're the smartest person that you're related to. You know what I'm talking about? You, you, no one related to you is as smart as you are. No one. Everybody thinks they're the, they're, they're the smartest ones. If you, if you came to this series thinking, man, we don't have a crazy family. Our family's awesome. Let me, t- let me let you in on a little secret. You're the crazy one. Like you're the, your family thinks, oh God, I hope she comes to this area because she needs this. You're, you're the crazy one. You're the smartest person in your family. You always is. Have, have you ever wanted, you ever want to just go to the family reunion and take the microphone and be like, hey, everybody look over here. I got something I want to tell all of y'all here at this family reunion, okay? Everybody's here at Thanksgiving. The turkey's on it. Mama, I appreciate that. I'm going to talk right now, okay? And you just want to start pointing out and be like, if you didn't eat so much, you wouldn't be so big. If you didn't drink so much, she would like you better. If you, if you, if you just stayed home, I, all of y'all are crazy. Y'all crazy. Y'all quit doing this. Quit living like this. Y'all quit asking me for money. I ain't never going to give you money. You just want to straighten everybody out. You know what I'm saying? Like, if y'all just give me the microphone, I'm the smartest guy here I, I got it figured out if y'all just help me every everybody has that in common we all think that we're the smartest one here that family is crazy it there's just so many d- dynamics and, and and here I, I'm old enough to know that that I don't know uh, uh, everything I wish I had more answers for why it is that things happen like they do or why your family dynamics are what they are and some of them it's not funny some of it's very painful very painful why did he leave? Why, why the molestation? Why, why raised like we were raised? Why, why, why were they so hard? Why did they beat us? Why, why all the screaming and yelling and fussing? Why, why the drinking? Why, why, why did she leave? You know, why did mom abandon us? Why? Just you know, I, I wish I wish I had answers for for the hurt of of a really crazy family. And the truth is, I don't. That there, and but I do know that the Bible has a lot of explanation to say about how to fix what's wrong in your family. It doesn't offer a ton of explanation about the past in your family and sort of, you know, I was born into this, I didn't, I didn't choose this. It, there, there's, there's a lot of gray that I, I don't have a ton of answers for you except to say what I told you in the middle of our mind mantra is that God doesn't necessarily cause it or allow it, but He always uses it. Say amen to that. But I do know that God can fix where you are. And I do know that I think it's our calling here at City Hills to sort of raise up a generation to say, it doesn't matter where you come from, you can start today. It doesn't matter what happened in your past, you can sort of draw a line in the sand and say, this is the day that all that ends. Things are going to get different in our family. We're going to live a different family story. I didn't get to choose where I came from, but I get to choose where we're going. I'm preaching good now. Shout amen to that. I get to decide where we're going. The Bible talks about it like that. And, and, but the truth is, there's a lot of bad family examples in the Bible. Now, I get really funny. This is going to be touchy, so don't misquote me. And, and I want to make sure I say it right for the podcast. Don't misquote me. But listen, I get, I, get a little, I get a little nervous when people talk about a biblical definition of family. Okay? Because in the Bible, there are some jacked up families. You know what I'm talking about? There's some messed up families. And so you just got to be careful when you say biblical. What, what, what I mean is I want God's idea of family. But the Bible gives me a ton of examples of bad families. Of families that, that are just like yours that are messed up and come from bad, and come from bad places. Like, like the first family, the very first family, Adam and Eve, the, the first one. How, how long did that marriage go well? Not very long. <laughs> Not very long and there was already trouble in the camp. There's already, there's already sin. There's already bad decisions. God already has to step in. Or, or the first recorded homicide. Come on, it wasn't on the south side of Chicago. You know where it was? Paradise. You know who it was? The first two brothers already fighting, already murdering, already destroying a family. 
Can you imagine being Eve? And you're the only family there and your sons can't get along? You can't blame school. You can't be like, well, it's his friends, Adam. You let him hang out with everybody. You let him just go. No, no, no. It's y'all. Y'all the only people here. It's just, I don't know why I talk like that when I tell stories. I'm going to do better. Brandy, help me do better. Here, here's just what I know. that The Bible's full of people like us. Stories like yours. And, and then Jesus' family. Think about this. Jesus was 12 years old and his mama and daddy leave him. And it takes them three days to go, where's that boy? Where's that? You remember that? Joseph, where's your son? Hey, my son, I don't know. I don't know where your boy is. I don't even like that little boy. I don't know where he's at. Go, go ask all the kids. And, and, and they go back. And they're, they're three days. It takes them three days away to go. To go uh, something's wrong. I, I haven't seen Jesus. Jesus is hanging out. The Bible never tells us where he slept. I often wondered that. Like, what does he do at night when he's like, well, I guess I'm going to go home with one of y'all. The families are all through the Bible that have messed up. The, 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 I, I believe that story is where the first home alone came from. You know what I'm talking about? Like Jesus, like Jesus is setting traps for the Pharisees. You know what I mean? Like paint cans and whatnot. Home Alone, anybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greatest Christmas movie of all time. Macaulay Culkin's. That, I mean, that's, that, that's, all he, that's all he should have done. Anyway. And then Jesus grows up, and listen, he begins his ministry. And then the New Testament sort of gives us some ideas about what family's supposed to be. And i got to preach quick, but the, the Bible sort of tells us that Jesus comes into his ministry, and then he starts flipping the idea of ministry uh, or family on its head. He walks into this culture that devalues women and devalues children. Women were property. They were just like cattle. They were just like sheep. They were just property. And children were worse than that. In, 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 the, in the day that Jesus was, was, was preaching, they would bury their animals. They would bury their animals you know, six feet underground. And under their animals, they would bury their women. And under their women, they would bury their children. That's how devalued in this society women and children were. It was, it was horrific. They literally wouldn't name children for years just to make sure they liked them for they were going to give them away. They didn't, they didn't want... They would adopt. Listen, the first adoptions in ancient times were, were solely based on I don't know if I want this biological child to get our wealth so we're going to choose who we want to sort of pass our wealth to. You talk about messed up. I mean, it's a messed up society. Families were just, it was so crazy. And Jesus walks into that scene and he says, listen, there's something that's very, very wrong with this. And he flips the script on what families... Imagine walking into that scenario where women are, are, are just like cattle and dogs and property and, and children are that way. And, and, and they throw this woman at the feet of Jesus, caught in the act of adultery, sleeping around. The, the man she's with, she's not married to. She's had five before them. This is awful and she's just just property and they say what are you going to do with her and Jesus said hold your head up and look at me and he begins to write in the sand and while he confronts her sin and says don't don't sin anymore go and sin no more he looks at the first thing he tells her is where are your accusers let me let me stop here and tell you what city hills is going to be while while we'll preach to you go and sin no more the very first thing i want you to hear is this is a place of grace this is a place you can find hope again this is a faith you can lift your head here you, there, there's going to be hope for you here 
Jesus sort of flips the script. And all the men that gathered around said, she's a woman, why would you treat? And, and Jesus sort of, in that very act, he raises the level of what women are supposed to look like in society. Or, or when children come to him and the disciples come around Jesus and say, what are you going to do with all these kids? And he said, tell them to come with me. Don't just tell them to come close. Tell them to sit with me. The disciples said, the, the only people that sit with you are men. Why would you put children? Children are less than women. I've seen you now elevate women, and now you're going to elevate children. And not only did he elevate them, he said, for such is the kingdom of heaven. He said, the whole kingdom belongs to children. So Jesus walks into this culture that has told everybody what family is supposed to look like, what women are supposed to be treated like, how, how kids are supposed to be treated, and he flips the whole thing on its head. And it gives us... A new ideal. He says there's a new way to do this. And then Paul sort of, you know, the New Testament's full of instruction about how to treat your families. Let me just quickly run through these. Colossians 3 says this. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands. All the men in the room, this is your favorite verse. You don't even know the rest of the Bible. You don't know where Colossians is. You just know I like this one. As it is fitting to the Lord. And husbands, love your wives and don't be harsh with them. All the women say amen. What are you talking about? Submission. I, you don't know my husband. Why would you say? Why would you tell husbands not to be harsh to their wives? Because Paul is writing to a culture where you could beat her just like she was an animal. And Paul says there's a different way to have family. Husbands and wives are supposed to love one another. And then Colossians 3 continues. He says, fathers, don't embitter your children or they're going to come discouraged. Another translation says, don't frustrate them. Don't aggravate them. Some of you grew up in a home where your father literally aggravated you to the point you have no relationship now because he pushed you so far. Why would Paul have to say this? Because in that society, children were just, they, they were just you know, lower, than, lower than women. Nobody, that you weren't supposed to be heard from. You didn't have value. And Paul says, I want you not to, I, I don't want your children to be discouraged. Discouraged? What are you talking about? First Peter says this, in the same way, husbands, give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. Some of you women need to write this on your mirror and lipstick. Treat your wives with understanding. So She may be the weaker vessel or weaker than you are, but she's your equal partner in God's gift of new life. All the women say amen. You didn't buy her, buddy. Paul says, don't forget she's equal in God's kingdom to you. Treat her as you should. And this is the, one of the craziest things the Bible says, so that your prayers won't be hindered. Let me just take a, a small, I, I do this a lot. Let me deviate really quickly. Men, look at me real quick. If God isn't answering your prayers, it could very well be how you treat your wife. That's what your Bible says. That your prayers could be hindered based on your relationship. And so Paul and Jesus sort of step into this society and they say, here's what family ought to look like. Even though, it's not a, even though you don't live this way, even though family's crazy, women are devalued, children are devalued, Jesus steps in and Paul steps in and they, and they say, here's what family, let me, let me just give you really quick, let me give you God's ideal. You ready for this? I'm going to sum it all up for you. He said, husbands, love your wives, be respectful, and be considerate. Wives, submit to your husband's authority. Children, obey your parents. And daddies, don't irritate your children. Bow your head, let's pray. That, no, that's, we're not going, <laughs> y'all think that's it. That's not it. But that's kind of it. Y'all think I'm done. I ain't done. That's kind of it. 
He said, there's an ideal I want you to have. There's an ideal in you. There's God's way. So if it's God's way, why don't we just do it? It sounds easy, right? No, it's not easy. Because there's a gap. Listen close. There's a gap. This is where we live. We live in the gap between ideal and real. God's ideal for family is for husbands to love their wives, for wives to submit to their husbands, for kids to obey, for fathers not to irritate their children, for us to elevate our wives and elevate women and elevate children and for men to be responsible. This is God's ideal. And then there's the real in my family, which is my daddy beat my mama, which is mom left us, which is husband walked out on us. It's the real, which is we can't even have kids. This is, and, and you and I live in the gap. The tension is in the gap between what's ideal and what's real. Between what, what God says should be and what, what, what is. And, and it's so funny, the Pharisees came to Jesus with this. He said, listen, I, 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 this is what Jesus did in Matthew. I love this, Matthew 19. Some Pharisees came to Him to test Him and they said, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? Some of you guys have been asking the same question. They said, we don't really care your answer. The Bible says they just came to test him. Most of the time, this is so funny, when people come to me with a question like that, <laughs> they, it, they really just want me to test. You know what I mean? It's really, they don't care about the answer. And these guys didn't really care about the answer. They just wanted to test him. And so, haven't you read, he replied, Matthew 19 4, haven't you read that at the beginning the Creator made them male and female and said, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother will leave his father and mother, will finally move out of his mama and daddy's basement. He will leave his father and mother and finally be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. So they're no longer two, but they're one. Therefore, what God has joined together, don't let anybody separate. Matthew 19 and 7 says, Why then, they asked, the disciples said, Why then is this? Why, why then did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? And Jesus replied, listen close, Moses permitted you to divorce, because your hearts were hard. But it was not this way from the beginning. Look at me. Jesus said, there's real. And divorce is real. And pain is real. And crazy families real. But it wasn't this way from the beginning. Jesus juxtapositions real life and God's ideal. And while He doesn't say that real life doesn't exist, listen, he also doesn't dismiss God's ideal plan. So what do we do? How do we, listen, how, do we, how are we going to deal with this? Jesus, what are you going to do? He said, I'm not going to tell you either way is right or wrong. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give my life for them so that I can redeem them back to the way it's supposed to be. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fix what was broken. But Jesus did not deny that there's real and that there's ideal and there's a gap. And So here's, here's three things I just want to give you really quickly and then, and then we'll go that I think you need to know in this first introduction. Here's the first thing. Jesus taught and He pointed toward the ideal, yet He refused to condemn those who fell short. Jesus pointed towards the ideal, the thing that God really... This was God's ideal of family, but He refused. He refused to condemn those who fell short. So what, what do we do? What, what do we do with How do we? Jesus is trying to raise the standard. He's trying to say, listen, I know this is what Moses said, but I want you to raise your standard. This is the way God designed it to be. Well, then what do we do with that? Jesus said, you need a Savior. That's what you need to do with that. So while I'm going to continue to point to the ideal, I'm not going to condemn you when you fall short of that. I'm, I'm, our real doesn't always line up with God's ideal. Can I just be honest with you? Your real life, my real life, 
doesn't always line up with God's ideal. And that tension, that gap between us is why Jesus came to save us and fix us and give us the abundant life that He promised. That's why the Holy Spirit is so important. It empowers you. It teaches you. The Bible said it will lead and guide them into all truth. It's a journey towards God's ideal. doesn't happen overnight. doesn't happen altogether today. If you give your heart to Jesus today, if you're baptized with the Holy Spirit today, if, if you come up out of the water and you get a brand new spirit life, listen, you're going to go home to the same woman you used to be married to before you got baptized. But, but you, get, uh, you get a chance to do something different. You get power to do something different. So while Jesus pointed towards the ideal, He refused to condemn those. So here's what we're going to do over the next four weeks. Listen, we are not going to filter what your family really is, the pain, the struggle, the hurt, the problems. But I am not going to apologize for pointing toward God's ideal. So we're going to live in the tension. I'm not going to condemn us. The Bible doesn't condemn you. We're not going to make you feel bad because you fall short of that. But we're still going to point towards this is God's best plan. Because the truth of the matter is everybody in the room lives in the tension inside of a crazy family. Here's the a, here's a second thing I want you to do. I want you to seek God's ideal by seeking God. Our, our musicians are coming really quickly. I want you to seek God's ideal by seeking God. I want you to seek God. You say, how do I find out what God's plan is? It, you, you find it by seeking Him, not just His plan. You, Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and then your family gets fixed. Seek His kingdom and His righteousness, and then everything will get fixed. That's why church is so important. That's why your relationship with God is so important. That's why growth track and baptism, your spiritual life is so important. Because if it's out of order, listen close, then everything else is out of order. The Bible would say this. Listen close. Look at me. Listen. The Bible says, as your soul prospers, so shall everything else. So everything else you touch will prosper. But there's a caveat. Your soul has to be prospered. There's some of you who are trying to fix your family, and your soul's not in the right place. You haven't fixed your heart. Your soul isn't prospering. You're not following God wholeheartedly. You're not totally surrendered. So you've got to seek His kingdom and His righteousness. Matthew 6, 33. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and everything will be added. So how do we do that? Let me give you three, let me give you three really ways. Maybe you're in different spots. Let me talk to people who aren't married yet. If you're single in the room, like how do I seek God? How do I seek God's ideal if I'm single, either divorced or never married? How do I seek God? Let me tell you how. If you want to have a blessed marriage, you got to seek God. Here's what I want you to write down. I will seek God first. Before I seek a husband, before I seek a wife, before I seek another relationship, I'm going to seek God first. I'm actually going to pray before I get on eHarmony, somebody. <laughs> I know they call it Christian mingle, but they ain't all Christians. Come on, somebody. I'm going to seek God first. I'm not going to look for a man to complete me or a woman to fix my problems. I'm going to go to God. I'm going to seek God first. If you want to have successful kids, if you want financial blessings, if you want, if you want to make an eternal difference, you've got to seek God. You cannot seek that stuff. You've got to seek God first. It's amazing what will happen when you put God first and then everything comes in. Listen, you know what I think will happen? I may just be a little biased. I think if you'll come to church, you'll meet good, godly, single people that come to church with you. If I were you, I'd meet somebody in the baptism line. I'd be like, are you single? 
I'd be somebody at Growth Track today. You say, that's crazy. That's crazy already. Right. You, know you know where Brandy and I met 16 years ago? Church. Ricardo, Jeanette, my friends in the back, you know where they met? Church. You know where success, a lot, you know, Caleb, Cynthia, where'd you meet? Church. Successful marriages, church. There's some people who've been married a long time in this room. You've been married over 25, 30 years. Would you just raise your hands? Yeah. I wonder how many of you met in church. Just a good, yeah, hands are still up, hands are still up. In the, in the back, back here, how, I know this is not good. I don't normally do it. How long have you been married? Yes, sir. Miss Emma? 47 years. Where'd y'all meet? I hate to be right, but... <laughs> I would just seek, if you're married, let me give you, listen to this. If you're married, here's what you got to do. I, I will seek God with my spouse. I know it's intimidating. Let me make it easy for you. It's hard to pray with somebody that you're mad at. <laughs> Before Brandy and I pray, I got to go, look, about that dumb thing I said. I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry about talking about four Christmases in the pulpit. I didn't mean to. I'm sorry about kicking the dog. I'm sorry about screaming. I'm sorry about yelling. It's hard. To, it's hard to be spirit. You know, it's hard to be mad at somebody that you're praying beside. If, if it's hard to divorce somebody that you read God's word with every day. If if you want a successful marriage, you got to put God first in your marriage. I'm going to seek God with my spouse. It, it, it's difficult to have an affair when every night you pray together. I know I know. there's real and there's ideal. I'm just telling you, in the gap, I would seek God with my spouse. I would seek God. So how, how do we seek God? Maybe you want children. You want your children to, to be saved. You want things to work out with you. How do you, how do, you do If you've got kids, I'm, I'm going to seek God with my children. I'm going to bring my kids to church. I'm not going to drop my kids off and you're here today. I'm not talking to you, but I'm going to bring my kids to church. My, my mom and daddy, I, I tell people we had a drug problem when I was, when I, was I got drugged to Sunday school. I got drugged to youth service. I got drugged to prayer meeting. I got drugged. They, they drug, drug me everywhere. We're here today. Here we are. Because I'm going to seek God with my kids. I'm going to ask my kids. I ask my babies. Now listen, I know that, I know that our kids' ministry is important to me because you know, I'm pastor here, but it's important because my kids are over there. I want to know, what would you learn? What happened today? Tell me about Jesus today. Tell me a Bible story today. Tell, why? Because we're going to seek God together as a family. Every night we pray. My little boy, he's two years old. I told you that. And, and, and we pray every night. We make him repeat our prayers. We make Hazel kind of prays on our own right now for she prays for you every night. We, we always pray. But Henry always just says the last word of whatever we're praying. So we get down and we say, Jesus. And she's, Jesus. Thank you for City Hills. City Hills. <laughs> Thank you for our family. Family. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for food. Thank you for food. He says all of thank you for food. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Forgive us our sin, sins. Let's go to heaven. Heaven. Keep us safe. Jesus' name. Amen. And he screams amen. We're going to seek God together. You say, that's crazy. He's two. He doesn't even know what he's talking about. Oh, he knows. Oh, he knows. I, I want him to raise. I, it, listen, I'm not telling you. That I haven't raised my kids, so I know some of you have teenagers and life's going crazy. Some of your 20-somethings, things have gone bonkers and you wish. It's craziness in your family. Here's what I know. I know your Bible says that, that if you will, that they will not depart. doesn't mean they won't leave. It means it won't leave them. It won't leave them. There's going to come a day. I don't know what Henry's going to do. I'm I'm believing God to protect him all the days of his life from the evil one. I'm believing he's going to serve God from from a young age. But just in case, 
He's going to remember one night we said, forgive me of my sins. Sins. Because we're going to seek God together. How, how do you do that? You pray together. You read your Bible together. You go to church together. You get in a small group together. You go to growth track together. You serve together. Nothing better than serving. Nothing better than bringing your family to church early and getting on the dream team. Nothing better than worshiping together. Let them see you. One of the things I love about, I have friends in the room here, they raise their hands and they, their wives are watching them. Their kids are watching them. Your kids are watching you. They're watching if you come to church, if you say, ah, oh, we don't have to. They're watching how you pray and how you live. We're going to seek God together. We're going to do this together. First Chronicles says, worship and serve Him with your whole heart and a willing mind. For the Lord sees every heart and He knows every plan and thought. And if you will seek Him, you will find Him. Over the next couple of weeks, I'm just going to ask you to seek God together with me. We're not going to filter what we're going to talk about. We're going, we're going to talk about real life and where you are. And it's for everybody. And I want you to invite. Matter of fact, when you leave today, they got stacks of cards. Do not leave without a fistful of invite cards. You need to bring your whole crazy family. <laughs> bring your friends crazy. If you live in an apartment and they're screaming next door, knock on the door and be like, y'all need this for real though. Y'all, you got to come. Let's fill the house. Let's, let's have an incredible Thanksgiving together. Let's have an incredible Christmas season together. And let's, let's live in the tension, but let's seek God's best plan for us. Amen, everybody? Stand to your feet. Let's pray.